Glory to Jesus Christ, Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish presents Light of the East, a program revealing how the Eastern Catholic Churches have nourished the Roman Catholic Churches and today's world in profound ways through their history, traditions, mysteries, and spirituality. Hello, I am Father Thomas J. Loya, pastor of Annunciation of the Mother of God Byzantine Catholic Church in Homer Glen, Illinois, and this is the story of the Eastern Churches, an inspiring story of faith courage, intrigue, mystery, spirituality, dissension, and reconciliation. But most of all, this is an expression of a great experience of faith through our unique divine liturgy. Join with me now as we look toward the Light of the East. Light of the East is also supported by Eastern Christian Publications, where you can find the prayers of the Catholic Byzantine Daily Office at ecpubs.com and by easternchristianmedia.com, a broadband network for you to learn more about the Eastern Catholic Churches. That's easternchristianmedia.com. Welcome to Light of the East. I'm Father Thomas Loya, your host, as we are in the midst of this great time of Advent, known in the Western Church as Advent, and the Eastern Churches, the Philip's Fast, this penitential season in which we prepare for the coming of the Lord, of God in the flesh, the great incarnation, in other words, the birth of Jesus Christ. And on this second Sunday before Christmas in the Byzantine liturgical calendar, we kind of look back in the Old Testament. We start to look at the lineage of Jesus Christ, and we focus on some of the great figures of the Old Testament. We call this the Sunday of the Holy ancestors of Christ, or the patriarchs of Christ. Now, next Sunday, we will have the actual lineage of Christ. We'll go through his entire family tree, starting all the way back from Adam, all the way to the birth of Christ himself. But this Sunday, we'll look at the great figures of the Old Testament that foreshadowed Christ and also proved that he came from the royal lineage. But in looking back at these people, We make them real because they are real. They are still with us. God is the God of the living, not of the dead. And some of them are so much with us that we even have one of them with us today. In fact, one of the great figures of this time of year, especially in the Byzantine church, is St. Nicholas. And he's with us today here on Light of the East. Welcome, St. Nicholas, to Light of the East. (laughs) Well, glory to Jesus Christ, Father Tom. (laughs) Glory forever. Boy, you have been a busy man this season, haven't you? keeping me busy. I know we're getting all revved up, spiritually, you might say, for the uh, celebration of the nativity when we will be able to proclaim, Christ is born, glorify him. Oh, absolutely. That's the greeting of the Eastern churches. Christ, not just Merry Christmas, that's okay, but we say Christ is born, glorify him. That's the response, glorify him. Now, St. Nicholas, as I mentioned, you are real. We, we really look at these figures from the past, from the Old Testament, the Bible, the saints of the church, as real, because they are real, but you are very real. So tell us about yourself. Well, I was born in a little village called Batara. Now, Batara was in a part of the world in my day. It was called Asia Minor. That's present-day Turkey. And, <laughs> you know, it's funny you think about it. I mean, all these Thanksgiving parades over the years. And now my land of origin is called Turkey. Well, I was born in 270 A.D. to very devout Christians. My mother's name was Johanna. My father's name was Epiphanius. And they loved Jesus very much. And of course, in my day, there are only three stratas, if you will, in society. You had the people at the top, the nobility, they were rich, they owned everything. And then you had the large masses of people, they only owned their stomachs, and usually they were empty. And then, of course, there was my father, who was a wealthy textile merchant. In those days, of course, 
people had to have cloth to make clothing. There's no such thing as buying clothing off the rack as we take it today. And uh, my father acquired uh, a lot of wealth. I was educated. And uh, I was their only child. For many years, they weren't going to have a child. They thought, maybe we'll never have a son or a daughter. And they prayed to the Lord, and I was born. Well, one day something terrible happened. A sickness, an epidemic, swept through our village of Patara. And people were dying. My mother and father were using their wealth. And they also physically helped the sick and the dying. I'm sorry to say that they got sick too and died. Being the only child, I inherited everything. But then I remembered a passage, Father Tom, from the New Testament. I know everyone in Radio Land is familiar. One day, a rich young man came up to Jesus and said, I want to be your follower. And Jesus said, there's one thing I ask of you. Sell what you have, give to the poor. You'll have treasure in heaven. Then come and follow me. Well, did the rich young man follow Jesus, Father Tom? No, he turned away sadly. Yes, he left sad. And I thought to myself, wait a minute. I'm a rich young man, too. I saw sickness and suffering all around me. And I knew that in my own heart, after a lot of prayer, that Christ was calling me to the priesthood. So I decided I would sell everything I had to help the poor, the suffering, and the disenfranchised. In fact, there was a man who had three grown daughters. He was a widower. He lost his wife in the same epidemic that took my mother and father. And they became so poor, he could barely feed his three daughters. And they were afraid they were going to lose their home. Well, St. Nicholas here got drifted at. And so I got together three bags of gold coins. And I crept up on three consecutive nights and put individual bags of gold coins through the window to help them. That was the first of my midnight visits. And that's the reason to this very day, even as Santa Claus, I still deliver gifts under the cover of night. Wow, what great! there's a lot of great stories about you, St. Nicholas. Well, you're a very humble man, so I know you're not going to tell us all the stories. But <laughs> maybe if we have some time in other programs, we can have you back on and tell you more of the stories of your life. But tell us the story of how... It came to be that we refer to in different ways, St. Nicholas, Santa Claus, and so on. Well, of course, uh, you know, I was from Asia Minor. That's in the Eastern tradition. We're both uh, Eastern uh, priests. I've got the fullness of the priesthood as a bishop. Uh, But I was uh, brought to the West by a princess, Theophano. Now, she was uh, uh, wedded to Otto II, who was the new emperor of the Holy Roman Empire. And when she came... Uh, to Rome to be married at Saint, the old St. Peter's Basilica by the Pope, something interesting happened. We call it the, the Lady Die effect, you know? <laughs> Everything that was from the Eastern tradition just captured the imagination of the people of Rome. And uh, Princess Theophano brought a wedding present for her new husband. It was an icon of yours truly, a mosaic. <laughs> In fact, you can find it to this day at the St. John the Baptist Church in Berkshire in Germany. Hmm. It's still there. You can find this icon, which was originally a wedding present from Princess Theophano of Constantinople to her new groom, Otto II. Well, she's the one that brought devotion, most emphatically, to uh, Europe because of her marriage, and people wanted to find out more and more about St. Nicholas. And as we discussed earlier today, Father Tom, She also brought something that everyone will have with them at their Christmas dinner this year. It's called a fork. (laughs) Before that, in Europe, people were using knives and their fingers. So she brought a certain sophistication and a certain pizzazz to the West. 
Well, you know, St. Nicholas, on this program, we talk about the gifts of the Eastern churches, but I never thought that one of those gifts from the Byzantine culture to the world would be a fork. Well, that, that shows you the prophetic words of Yogi Bear. Come <laughs> to a fork in the road, take it. <laughs> <laughs> so you even knew Yogi Berra, huh? <laughs> well, you know, it's interesting you're mentioning about how the tradition surrounding me grew in, in, in Europe. Some religious sisters in the Middle Ages decided to honor me on the eve of my feast, and my feast day is... December 6th. That's correct. And so on the eve of my feast, that's, of course, December 5, they took up a collection for the needy and the poor, clothing and toys for poor boys and girls. And you know what they did to protect their identity? Hmm. Had me deliver them under the cover of night. Well, that tradition spread like wildfire throughout Europe, and pretty soon I was delivering goods not only to poor families, but to all good boys and girls everywhere. In fact, in Holland today, I survived the Reformation. I still arrive as a bishop, riding my white horse, Amerigo. We come by uh, a Spanish ship to the Netherlands. Now, it's kind of a funny thing. You say, wait a minute, how does a bishop from Constantinople get dressed in Western vestments and travel from Spain to Holland every year? Well, at one point, Spain had Bari, Italy, where my basilica is, that was uh, actually a Spanish territory. So they started that tradition where they would take me from Spain, technically the heel of the boot of Italy, Bari, Italy, to the Netherlands. And to this day, I ride on my horse, Amerigo. He's a white, beautiful white horse. And I'm dressed as a bishop. It was the Dutch who brought me to North America to a settlement. They called it New Amsterdam. It grew into modern-day New York City. And I was as loved here as I was back in Holland. And, of course, you know, Father Tom, what they do with the English language in New York? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> they mispronounced my name, Sinterklaas, which is Dutch for St. Nicholas. And the kids start saying, here's Santa Claus. <laughs> Santa Claus really means St. Nicholas. One way or the other, though, you're still the same person with the same spirit, the same message. That's right. Even though I went through an extreme makeover, I got an elf outfit because of Clement Moore's reporting. You know, in the last uh, part of the 18th century, first part of the 19th century, more and more people forgot why we celebrate Christmas. So one day they said, hey, St. Nicholas, instead of delivering gifts on the eve of your feast, you know, that's December 6th, but the eve is December 5th, why not deliver it on Christmas Eve? And I thought, wow, it's exciting, what an honor. Oh, but there's one little catch. We won't let you uh, deliver gifts until you dress the way we want to. You know, they handed me an elf outfit. <laughs> what a come down. It was, is, and they have leftovers today. You know, my bishop's mitre, the western version, that's the reason I have a triangular cap. You know, that red triangular hangs down on the cap. And my bishop's cope, or cape, and we call it a cope, was foreshortened. They put fur on it, became a furry coat. And, of course, my bishop's crozier, the western version, was like, like a, more like a shepherd's staff. It was foreshortened, became my candy cane. So now I have a candy crozier. <laughs> well, we're going to... What happened? <laughs> well, we're going to talk more about St. Nicholas and his amazing story, amazing life, when we return. I'm Father Thomas Loya on Light of the East. Light of the East mission is Christianity's reunion. And to tell the story of the Eastern lung of the Catholic Church, we need your support. In order to keep Light of the East on the air, you can make a donation now by going to ByzantineCatholic.com. That's ByzantineCatholic.com. Click on the radio button and then donate securely using any major credit card. With your help, 
we can keep Light of the East's illumination bright. Glory to Jesus Christ. My name is Deacon Michael Lee, and I would like to personally invite you to come and receive life. I am Father Thomas Loya, inviting you to discover life, unwrap, and explore John's gospel as a profound preparation for the nativity of Christ. Jesus, the Good Shepherd in the Gospel of St. John, says that he came to bring us life and that we might have that life abundantly. And while we're unwrapping John's gospel, we'll examine the themes of incarnation, personhood, the most holy trinity, faith, the holy mysteries, and our call to holiness to name a few. Find out for yourself. Join us Tuesday evenings beginning at 6.30 p.m. Eastern during the Phillips Fast, November 20th through December 18th at the Byzantine Catholic Cultural Center located at 2420 West 14th Street in Cleveland's historic Tremont neighborhood. Can't make it to the center? Watch the live streaming video online and email your questions or comments to be part of the conversation. Visit bizcathculturalcenter.org for complete details. You're listening to Father Thomas Loya on Light of the East. The Tabor Life Institute, which is dedicated to the formation and education in the theology of the body. To find out more about the Tabor Life Institute, you can go to taborlife.org. That's taborlife.org. Especially if you're interested in conferences and retreats, in particular for youth, young adults, and also for those of you who speak Spanish. That's TaborLife.org. Welcome back to Light of the East. I'm Father Thomas Loya, your host, and today we have a very special guest. And you know, we have many, many guests in this program, and they're all very special. But how could you have a more special guest than St. Nicholas himself? So I want to welcome you again, St. Nicholas, to Light of the East. And again, glory to Jesus Christ. Glory forever. It's wonderful to be here, uh, Father Tom. Yes, but, you know, we're going to be changing that, that greeting pretty soon, aren't we, to Christ is born. Yes, Christ is born. Glorify him. St. <laughs> Nicholas, you mentioned about your coming on your white horse, Amerigo. Well, for those of you who are listening, for those of you who may have been at Annunciation Parish, my parish, Homer Glen, this past Feast of St. Nicholas, you would have seen that St. Nicholas still comes on a white horse. In fact, he came on a white horse, only nowadays it is a little bit different. He comes on a carriage pulled by a white horse, because I guess your white horse, well, it's been around quite <laughs> quite a while, so uh, you weren't sitting on the horse this time, but he was pulling the horse, but also that enabled you to give rides to all the children of the neighborhood of my parish and also those members of my parish as well. So I want to thank you for doing that, uh, St. Nicholas. Oh, joy. <laughs> uh, once again, though, is that white horse. The Marigold still rides, doesn't he? Oh, absolutely. In fact, uh, he's going to be busy tomorrow night in Holland. <laughs> in Holland? Oh, as we speak, yes. <laughs> St. Nicholas, tell you know, us. Of course, uh, the Netherlands, that's a smaller country. You know, I can get need a tiny reindeer, you know. <laughs> St. Nicholas, tell us about what it's like to be St. Nicholas. I mean, you you work with and meet people from all over the world, children who are needy, children who are absolutely fascinated by you, adults as well. What is it like to actually do this every year for all this time to to bring this kind of joy to, to children all over the world from all time? What is that like for you? Well, you know, I'm not the one that actually creates the joy. It's the Holy Spirit working through me. A lot of, we discussed this before, Father Tom, but, you know, a lot of people think the Christmas spirit is a feeling, you know? Yes, yes. And, and that's, it's, you know, there's a little bit of, you talk about hope, 
peace, and joy. Mm-hmm. You know, those are fruits of the Holy Spirit, as you're well aware, and I'm sure our listeners are aware of that. The Christmas Spirit is really the third member of the Trinity. We recall that the Holy Spirit overshadowed Mary at the Annunciation, and the Word became flesh and dwelt in our midst. And nine months later, that reality was revealed to humble shepherds in a cave in Bethlehem, where they beheld what Mary knew for nine months that the Incarnation took place within her. Well, we talk about the Christmas spirit. I feel sorry for non-believers because they believe the Christmas spirit only lasts 24 hours. Well, maybe for them it does, but for a Christian, really the Christmas spirit lasts 365 days a year. If we're open to its influence, we'll always have Christmas joy always. And so sometimes they call me to see children even when it's not Christmas. I had a situation, Father Tom, some time ago when I had a phone call from a man who saw me in Thanksgiving parade, and he wanted to know if I could come and visit his granddaughter who was diagnosed with terminal leukemia. Well, this was at the end of Bright Week, you know, right after Easter. Not normally the time you think about getting jolly with Christmas trees and jingle bells, but he arranged with the hospital, it was a children's hospital in Michigan, and he arranged with the nursing staff, with the administration, to have me visit this little girl. We'll call her Angela. That wasn't her real name. And you wouldn't even know it. It was a hot day in June. Oh. June 9th, it was 94 degrees out, unseasonably hot. Oh. And a friend of mine said, well, I'll pick you up in downtown Detroit. I said, that's great. He says, I've got air conditioning. I said, perfect. <laughs> so he came downtown and he said, I've got bad news for you. I said, what's that? He says, the air conditioning just broke. Oh. <laughs> so we had to travel all across to Ann Arbor, Michigan. I know you know where that is, where WDEO is. And we went to the hospital. And when we walked in the hospital, here I am with my bag of toys. And uh, the volunteer behind the information desk scratched her head and looked at the calendar. She looked a little miffed there. <laughs> and then administration and the nursing staff came by, and they were dressed like elves and wished me a Merry Christmas. <laughs> they sequestered me up to the third floor, I believe it was the third floor, and it was the oncology unit there. And I witnessed a miracle, Father Tom. Hmm. The doors parted, and I heard Christmas music. Oh. Right in front of us was Frosty snowing on himself. They had decorated the entire unit for Christmas. They transplanted Christmas to June the 9th. Well, of course, I know everybody, so I wasn't just going to see Angela. And I had a little button for the little boys that says, Santa says I was a good boy. And for the little girls, it says, Santa says I was a good girl. So I went room to room to room until I finally came to Angela's room. And she only had a few days to live. Well, when I came into her room, her eyes got like saucers. She lost all of her hair, no eyelashes, no anything, but you could see in her big blue eyes something was going on. Well, we came in, and we were singing Christmas carols, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, Santa's Coming to Town, Jingle Bells, you know, the old typical stuff. And Grandfather knew that she always wanted a blue dress. So he arranged that I would get her a blue dress. So I got her a blue dress. I got her a guardian angel with, you know, what was it, blonde yarn hair made of fabric with red tennis shoes. And that was her guardian angel, Emily. And I picked the name Emily for this little girl because Emily literally means someone who's vigilant, someone who's stand by her forever. And I told her, isn't that wonderful to know that we all have guardian angels that God gives us to be with us always at our side? And then I gave her a button that says, Santa says I was a good girl. 
And it's hard to explain, Father Tom, but when this room, we were all together and had some of the nursing staff and the doctor was there and the family was there, and we sang Silent Night, there was a peace that descended in that room. Christmas was transported from December 25th to June 9th in the midst of a heat wave. Well, when we were done, I left and I continued on my way, saw the other children, gave them each a button, and headed back. A few days later, I think it was about 10 days later, I got a phone call from the grandfather. And he told me the sad news that his granddaughter had died and they had just buried her. And he picked up the phone and he called me when he got home. And he told me that it was a very painful thing when he walked into the funeral parlor. And there he saw his granddaughter in a little white coffin with a brand new blue dress and a guardian angel by her side named Emily with a button that said, Santa says, I was a good girl. Wow. At that moment, and he stopped and he said, despite the pain, I felt a peace and a hope and yes, a joy, because I know, I believe in the resurrection. I know that one day I'll be reunited with my little granddaughter for all eternity. Now, how does that happen? Well, that's because the Christmas spirit is the third member of the Trinity. You know, who was Santa in that situation? It wasn't just me, St. Nicholas here. The grandfather, the staff, the nursing staff, the social workers, the administration, the volunteers that came up, everybody that made that possible transported Christmas in the midst of a heat wave in early June. And that can happen to all of us. So the question is, when I work with children, you know, how do I do it? Well, it's the Holy Spirit working through each one of us. And the Holy Spirit that animated St. Nicholas here is available to everyone because we've all been baptized into Christ. Well, St. Nicholas, it must be truly, I mean, you have shared an amazing story with us, but just by that story, the power of that story, it really is impossible to articulate, to describe what it's like to be you, to be that man of mystery that you are. And telling the story has done a lot to help us all realize just how real you are, but also how real God is, and especially God through the Holy Spirit, as you say. You know, a lot of people wouldn't think of it, the Holy Spirit, as being something that is really the, the Spirit of Christmas, but that all year round, all the time. Well, what do you think makes me so jolly, Father Tom? <laughs> <laughs> how we get hope, for heaven's sakes, and resiliency. And it's not to deny we have sorrows in life. You know, the grandfather was not happy. He was, he, was, he was legitimately grieving, but there was hope. It wasn't optimism. You know, we can have an optimism maybe about the Chicago Bears, you know, winning the Super Bowl or whatever, but that's human optimism. Hope is something that enlists itself even when everything else tells you to give up. We get our resiliency. St. Nicholas, because of the beautiful work that you do and about this presence of God and the Holy Spirit, you know that it's even greater than you are, and so you're helping other people to spread this message and joy through a St. Nicholas Institute. Tell us about that. Well, that's an educational opportunity for adults. It's conducted during the first week, around the first week in October of each year. Next year, in 2013, it'll be uh, September 30th through October the 3rd. And it doesn't stop with men who are interested in being my helpers 
It also applies to people in the broader community who have the spirit of Christmas 365 days a year. So we have an awards banquet, we honor people, and we show the world that the Christmas spirit is alive and well, not just during the calendar December 25th, but it's available to all of us who believe in Jesus Christ that, indeed, the Christmas spirit dwells with us always and will never abandon us, because no one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God dwells in us, and his love is brought to its full expression in us, as it says in John's first epistle. And where can we find out about this institute? Well, they can log on, stnicholasinstitute.org, stnicholasinstitute.org. And there's also links there to the St. Nicholas Center and also my Basilica in Bari, Italy. So you can find a lot of information on that website, some links, and you can really get in the spirit of Christmas. And when the Feast of the Nativity arrives, we can say with absolute joy, Christ is born, glorify him. <laughs> Thank you, St. Nicholas, for being with us. God bless oh, my you. My pleasure. I'm Father Thomas Loya on Light of the East. Light of the East mission is Christianity's Reunion. And to tell the story of the Eastern Lung of the Catholic Church, we need your support in order to keep Light of the East on the air. You can make a donation now by going to ByzantineCatholic.com. That's ByzantineCatholic.com. Click on the radio button and then donate securely using any major credit card. With your help, we can keep Light of the East's illumination bright. Thank you for listening. Next week, we will return to the Light of the East. To find out more about Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish, visit our website, byzantinecatholic.com, where you will also find an archive of all of our programs. In order to continue this program with its mission of Christianity's reunion, we need your support with a donation. Any amount would be a blessing. Please make out a check to Light of the East Radio and send it to Light of the East 14610 Will Cook Road. Homer Glen, Illinois, 60491. That's Light of the East, 14610, Will Cook Road, spelled W-I-L-L-C-O-O-K, Road, Homer Glen, Illinois. From the Light of the East, a new dawn of unity is in sight. God bless you, go with God, and may God bless you and grant you many happy years. <laughs>